0: It's not worth winning if you can't win!
1: Hello everybody, welcome back to the podcast. We have a real good one for you this week. My name is Brandon. I'm uh, joined by my co-host, Heath, and this is the Cake Eaters podcast. I'm beyond excited for you guys to hear this episode. This week, Heath and I got a chance to sit down with Mark Chavez, who plays MJ's dad, Terry, on the Mighty Ducks Game Changer Season 1. If you've been listening to the, the podcast, you know we are gigantic Terry fans here. He's one of our favorite characters. And he won Best Parent uh, for the Golden Cakeys last week. And so we got a chance to sit down with Mark, who not only plays Terry, but Mark is also an insanely talented writer and comedian. And so getting to pick his brain and kind of talk about some of his other projects was such an honor. Go ahead and sit back, relax, and you're going to love this episode. Before we kind of get into it with Mark, though, I want to break down a couple housekeeping items for everybody. First, uh, after this week's episode, we're going to be moving to our new bi-weekly schedule uh, for episodes. So our episodes will come out every other Tuesday instead of every Tuesday. This next episode after this is going to drop on August 31st. And for that episode, we're going to start tackling the original Mighty Ducks movie, D1. We'll be kind of discussing D1 through five different episodes. We're going to break it up into like five parts. So each podcast episode is going to be roughly 20 minutes of the original movie. And so that'll start on August 31st and go through those five parts. And then we have a couple bonus episodes after that where we'll kind of drill down into specific situations and scenarios that happen in D1. Um, so go ahead and make sure you hit subscribe and follow so you can stay up to date with everything that we have going on over here. Head over to the kickeaterspod.com where you can check out our merch store, find out all of our latest information, even send us an email, thecakeeaterspod at gmail.com. All right. I think that's pretty much it. So let's go
0: ahead and get this started with Mark. A quick message from our friends at Broken Forest Collective. Built on a passion for small batch and handcrafted products, Broken Forest provides high-quality casual wear and lifestyle goods that are American-made and built to outlast the fast fashion trends. They also plant a tree in Boulder, Colorado for every product sold. Visit BrokenForestCo.com and use the code CAKEEATERS15 for 15% off your order.
1: Welcome everybody to the Cake Eaters podcast. I'm Brandon. I've got my co-host Heath with me, and on today's episode, uh, joined by a very special guest. Super excited to have him with us. He's uh, an actor, a writer, a comedian. As of last week, uh, he's an official Golden Cakeys Award winner for best parent. Uh, we have uh, you guys all know him as Terry from Game Changers season one. We have Mark Chavez with us. How are you doing, Mark?
2: Great. Uh, okay. Oh, tell me everything about the cakeys uh, Award. What is this? I, Go I was going to
1: say, I don't know how familiar you are with the Golden cakeys, <laughs> considering as of this recording, it's an episode of the podcast that we haven't released yet. So, <laughs> so not very. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, last week uh, we went and uh, gave out awards for, for season one of Game Changers as a, a little bit of a recap.
2: Oh, and
1: nice. uh, Terry received the Best Parent Award. His, amazing uh, wow yeah.
2: that's fantastic yeah. i can't yeah. wait to find that out in real time yeah. that's wonderful congratulations oh,
1: cool. yeah. you should be uh expecting your your winner's gift package in the mail probably any moment now
2: that's great yeah. because i never yeah. give you my address so how are you getting it to me that we must
1: we know it's we we're, we're in with disney they know everything you know <laughs> they got it they
2: got it, yeah. <laughs> they got it they got it on file wow i beat out a lot of great parents too the uh other people playing those parents were were pretty good so you did I'm, Very very...
0: well deserved though, because you put in the time, you put in the work and the effort driving (laughs) MJ to all those games to call them and she's not even playing. Oh my goodness. Like if that's not great parenting, I don't know what is.
2: Exactly. Like I have a hockey kid and she doesn't even play hockey. Like, come on. (laughs) Like that's, that's pretty spectacular parenting right there. Yeah. Yeah, I think it is well-deserved. I'll, I'll accept it. I will take it. Thank you very much.
1: It was it was a close race though. You are right. Uh, you you just edged out Nick's moms, Paul and Sherry. So oh. they were they were a close number two.
2: Yeah, Amy and Jane. I'm yeah. real life friends with them. They're great.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah. Now now yeah. you can you can rub your your golden cakey award in their face now. Yeah.
2: I can't wait to tell Amy. That's the first thing <laughs> I'm going to do. <laughs>
0: It, it was it was a close call though, because you know, Nick's moms, if you just want a pleasant and encouraging conversation, they were there for him. So, so positive.
2: You know, it was, <laughs> so positive and encouraging, you know, and I'm just confused. So yeah, I don't know how I won. I'm confused that I won. How did this even happen?
1: <laughs> it's definitely like 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 he said, definitely the uh the the driving uh driving MJ around uh to the podcast, She's not even not even playing hockey. And then You make the selfless move to know when nick goes to actually play hockey you hop in the booth you know as an accountant i'm sure you know tv announcing probably wasn't your forte wasn't your strong suit but you hopped in
2: you know i hopped right in you know i'm there for my daughter i'm there to help uh i'll do anything for her bend over backwards co-host a show with her um she means the world to me and that's for that reason i accept this golden cakey's award thank you well (laughs) deserved (laughs) deserved. that's a beautiful
0: speech (laughs)
1: uh and so uh with with the mighty ducks so uh going through your kind of like audition process and getting this role was the mighty ducks like was did you have a special connection with the mighty ducks did you have like a, a bond did you do you remember watching the movies or was it kind of like a uh did, did you come in kind of blind to the whole mighty ducks uh, thing
2: uh more more the second part but okay.
1: um they're
2: they're they're so huge that like I definitely for sure knew I knew that there was three movies like I knew enough about it and I when I got the part I can take tell you about the audition but when I got the part um I told my wife I was like we should watch The Mighty Ducks I don't because I don't (laughs) know if I've seen it and the things is like I'm a huge Emilio Estevez fan like I grew up watching all the Brat Pack movies and he Mm -hmm. you know so I was like it was funny that I hadn't seen it. And I, and I, and I thought maybe I had, I was like, I'll just watch it. Cause it was like kind of on enough that it was just one of those things. And like definitely recognize some parts and other parts. I was like, I don't remember this at all. Like, so, <laughs> so I did my research. Uh, we watched the, uh, the, the first movie and yeah, that that's, that's where I was, you know, and here I live at, you know, I'm American, but I live in Canada hockey capital of the world and, I've only been to a couple games (laughs) really no (laughs) like not a huge hockey fan uh (laughs) but i think that all uh plays well into my character so it's kind of all fine you know
1: (laughs) for yeah for sure because i doubt i doubt terry's you know i doubt he's lacing up skates well maybe he he's in minnesota so maybe he's uh maybe he's has a couple times but you know he's he's an accountant he's too busy crunching numbers to to go watch minnesota wild games you know
2: yeah i bet embarrassingly i bet terry does probably is more hockey aware than I am like, I, like, even though he's like totally clueless. I bet he knows more than I do.
0: I love that. Well, speaking of our favorite character, Terry, from the show, one of our favorite parts is the great banter that went back and forth between you and you and MJ, but it felt like there might've been a little bit more interaction there uh, during the mm. scenes. And so I was just curious if, if anything did end up on the cutting room floor. And if so, if you happen to remember anything
2: yeah there definitely uh there's an episode where all of my lines are cut um and it's uh and i think it's too fine effect in the show like it's like i, I rarely was adding that much <laughs> i guess with my words um but the um the creator producer spiller he he when he would come and do our scenes uh he we would go through the scene, and then he would let me improvise which was so much fun and and i think a few of my improv lines got in maybe i'm trying to remember um maybe one got in because they're all like it was all pretty much as written that you know when we uh especially the first episode that i was in but there's only one episode i think it's number it's whatever when i don't speak like it, it, it and I'm, I'm like just sitting there just watching and i was like wait i was always I watching the episode. I was like, okay here i go here's my big line here it comes and then credits roll <laughs> like what happened yeah. <laughs> what happened to my line like I at least got one in there because i know i recorded like four or five different things i said yeah. but yeah, yeah we, we he would he would just be like um uh he would like say okay do these do these do your lines and then leah who played mj would she would knock it out of the park she was so good she would she I don't think she ever flubbed like we and there was one day where um they so there's a there's a term called pumpkining when you work with kids and that's the time that they cannot work anymore it's it's okay. like they they're off and then it's illegal for them to keep working yeah. so it's okay. called the pumpkin um and she was pumpkin pumpkining at six I guess some some time And it was 20 minutes until, and we hadn't done our scene yet. We were sitting in our place, like waiting. They were getting all the coverage around it. And we were, and we've been sitting there all day. And they were like, okay, bang, we got to do this. We got to go, 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 go. And she had so many things to get through. And they're like, go, bang, next thing, bang, 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 bang. And she was just on it, on it, on it. And I would just do my little, my my stuff was so easy. I would just do my little reaction and be done. Um, And then six o'clock hit and they'd got everything. And we were out and I was like, kind of sad because it meant that I wasn't going to be brought back the next day for another day's work. But, uh, yeah, but it was, uh, it was pretty spectacular to to watch. Yeah. yeah. A real pro.
0: That, that's yeah. awesome. A personal favorite from mine is when you mentioned that it does feel like tax season, you know, when, when they're in the arena, I was like, Hey, I've been there those last few days at H and R block. There's, there's kind of a weird tension and excitement in the air to, to get, to get it in before the finish. You know,
2: yeah. the, uh, all of those lines were, uh, in the audition. Like I did, they, they had this funny little round where they, they went to us and they sent out the the sides and we did, I basically did like every line from every scene that I appeared in and just recorded those and sent them back. And then they, um, like, a, didn't hear anything. A few weeks later, they sent back every, to everyone that auditioned, they were like, everybody do it again. You've all done it wrong. Um, <laughs> uh not meanly they were just like we just yeah. want it more we just want it more straight um because i think and i was like definitely not playing it very straight when i first auditioned i was like kind of wacky with it like i was like mm, blah, 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 you know like being just kind of pulling too much focus i guess and they were like no we want it super like straight still like soulless <laughs> like very <laughs> like just there kind of like you know you don't want to pull too much so did it again and uh thankfully it worked but um uh and it was funny cuz like there was no more to it. It was like I did the. They could have just taken my audition tape and thrown it <laughs> on the
1: on the show because it was. I, I recorded every line that I said. That's, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah that that dry like straight thing I think definitely definitely plays with uh, with Terry. Um, and your delivery with them is just fantastic. Because like like you mentioned, it's a, it's only a few lines here and there, but they're they're done so well that and you and mj you can tell there's like such a good little chemistry that they they stick out and they're like pretty memorable throughout those episodes oh that's yeah. really nice for you to say
2: yeah we um we got along really well she um and and i got to know her dad too because she would have her, her dad on set um they uh but because of covid um there was very little interaction with everyone so yeah. i like she was like my pal like i would sit there with her and we would we would chat and we would she would open up that laptop which was a working laptop and she would like take photos with it and play games and, and i remember like the last day uh she was so bored and i just like gave her my phone <laughs> she was like playing games on my phone like da, 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 da. it was very funny um but uh uh yeah because we were all kind of like sectioned up no one could really eat together we had to eat in our um our little trailer and like uh so um it was nice to be able to have somebody sit in that cold cold booth <laughs> yes. yeah
1: because yeah, you get, this was you guys were kind of filming right at the like the height of covid right this was mm-hmm. did you was was there any did you guys have to like shut down during any of that or was it did you, did it kind of start up a little bit after
2: it no there was um so they they were learning like it was yeah it was in in the height and it was like when things were first kind of opening back up um at the end of the summer they were like okay we're kind of figure this out and they they put everybody into a testing pool um at great expense to the production company i imagine um that uh everybody need to be needed to be tested two times a week so i would just have to like go on to set and just get a nasal swab and it was very quick and no painless and fine but like um so everybody was like in the testing pool and like and there was never at least when i that i was over there might have been stuff i wasn't aware of obviously but there's they never like had to postpone or do anything like they were really stringent and um um you know it was a close said nobody was allowed on that didn't you know that wasn't tested like it was all very very kept you know very very safe um and uh yeah it was um it was kind of like in, like I was a bit anxious about it at first but then once I was kind of d- dealing with it I was like really grateful that because I was tested every week that my wife was kind of co-tested just because of you know being in, yeah. so we were, like it just yeah. gave us this like peace of mind during this like height of the pandemic that we were yeah. like, you know having having so it was a really nice
1: bonus like to be <laughs> to be in that testing pool was great. Yeah, that's
0: yeah. really interesting.
1: You were you know. so you mentioned you were kind of sectioned off. Did you did you get to meet Emilio at since you were no. a big fan? now Emilio. Yeah. No,
2: it was my big. It was my biggest um regret. I he was <sighs> on set a couple times when I was there, and everyone's like super busy and like he was Mm -hmm. he was near my trailer at one point he was talking to somebody else and i was like i'm not gonna i have to go do my thing and he's who knows what he's got on his plate like he's so i didn't go and 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 it's weird it was very weird energy just because of covid like because you can't go up and just be like hey what's up like you'd have to stand six feet away with your mask on and be like (laughs) and he you know it it just felt too awkward and Um he, he like waved at me at one point when I walked by him because we were all we were all kind of shuttling not shuttling just kind of like walking past his little area where he was and he just kind of like gave a friendly little wave to all of us that were walking by and I was like, "Oh, Emilio." <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> that was That was uh that was it. Yeah, I didn't meet Lauren Graham either. Um I was on site with her quite a bit, but she we were sectioned off. Like I met a lot of the kids and talked to them. Um that was kind of fun like uh, uh but and then the parents when the parents were on set that was great because we were all kind of being shot at the same time so we would be just kind of hanging out in the trailer area like joking around and then or we would all be called in to to shoot so I liked those days a lot because I had pals on set there was other yeah. days where I was just like alone in the trailer <laughs> um and then because sometimes I would sit with Leah's double too because she had um because of the like so I would there's shots of me up there with like some other woman in a wig just sitting next to me
0: <laughs> that happened a lot yeah that's so that's so interesting especially because it was such a unique environment was there like a particular favorite moment that really like jumps out and stands out whether it's from the end production of the show or, or while you were in it
2: yeah i mean there there was a few fun times like that the, the like a funny th- like oh you know what was really nice was when um koob sang the national anthem um okay we all um we all watched like we all got to be in there while he did that and it like even though like i was not in the shot like everybody just kind of like came into the to the stadium we watched that um and it's great like it's re- like live singing especially during that time where you no know, like we weren't able to really go to any theater or any kind of like so it's this big like great live performance Um and it was wonderful and it was really great to watch all that all, everybody do so like like just play hockey really well in front of me they're all you know all these little stunts were being performed and I just gotta watch yeah. it all you know yeah. um oh, that's cool yeah and then you know there was days like where all of us parent parents would just like be cutting up and running around and <laughs> like, hanging out in there like where they uh, the locker room and that that was kind of our like we would sit there in that holding area. Um, during some of the times, and just kind of like, you know, chat, do whatever, make jokes. But uh, yeah, I think that's there was it was a ton. It was really you know it was a it was a fun time.
0: Yeah, Cube singing is also one of my like when he went after Lay Miz in the show mm. that was breathtaking.
2: Yeah, I didn't get to see this because I wasn't in the episode. But when yeah. they did the um, they all did a a table read of that episode and. They, they they did it while i was on set so they were all in another room like doing the table read for the following episode i think that was episode four and maybe three where he I does four. four four yeah. Yeah. yeah and um uh so i was on set for episode three while i was shooting and uh they everyone came out of that read and they were like blown away because <laughs> half of them didn't know that he was this like incredible talent aside from his like acting yeah. jobs or like what people just didn't know
1: yeah I mean, that's yeah. that's how I, yeah. I don't know about you Heath, but that's how i was too because i I hadn't done any like prior look up to coob and when he started belting that out i was like oh my god what where did this come from and then he, oh, I, I started looking up and he's like was it america's got talent he was on or something like that yeah, yeah. Uh, just I think crazy yeah. yeah
0: that's that's not an easy song to sing, no. you know, yeah. I, mean, you know I, I think i joked in the episode we broke down i was like you know he's up there with the likes of Ann hathaway getting after that song you know like that was no small feat so yeah, that's that's yeah. awesome
2: <laughs> yeah it's like it's really like humbling to be around these like super talented children too you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> like just all got they're just firing on all cylinders and just like doing so many great things and it's like yep i'm an old man just <laughs> watching watching these kids do their, their great work you know
1: yeah yeah i yeah. i have that with like like my friends have like little little like like toddlers now and stuff and even watching them like do like stuff like mundane toddler stuff it's just like oh that's amazing so I, like being around <laughs> like at, like no offense to my my friends toddlers but being around like actually talented kids i feel like would just be mind-blowing you know
2: yeah. it really is they <laughs> they' it's yeah it's a lot to kind of take in um and you know and then like you know the show is about the the kids too so it, it's very much like you know we just want to kind of blend in and make sure that we're not doing you know so it yeah it's just it's a it's an interesting thing to be involved in
1: another uh another one of our our favorite things of the show was um once we get to episode 10 where they're in states and they they list out all of the like the, the team names that the the ducks and the the don't bothers are playing right. some of the team names are i don't know if you got to look at any of those but some of the team names are absolutely ridiculous like <laughs> what
2: are they i don't know if i if i've seen all
1: of them so there, there's one named nova stars there's the blade, the rockets. blade <laughs> rockets the ice broncos the ice uh, otters ice otters the arctic maroon, devils
0: maroon marauders <laughs> <laughs>
2: blade Rockets is amazing that's great <laughs> yeah. and
1: so I was wondering um if you had known uh them what was your kind of favorite team name and then if uh follow-up question if you were in charge of your own Wee hockey team what do you think you would name it
2: oh that's a great question oh geez okay well first of all I'm sorry that I can't do uh Blade Rockets because that's amazing um <laughs> if I was in charge okay if Terry was in charge okay. of uh his own Pee Wee league uh it would be like the you know the little the little calculators or the, <laughs> or the or the 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 flying the flying uh decimal points um or i would and then if i did one i first there would be no reason that i ever had a Pee Wee hockey <laughs> so it would be very confusing that i was <laughs> coaching uh so i would um I would probably just name them, uh, you know, just like something very intimidating. So people would like the, the murder kills, <laughs> or like ice death. I like <laughs> like, yeah.
0: like do not want to play ice death.
2: Yeah. yeah. Like you're
0: asking for trouble right yeah. there. R. Something, R. E.
2: something like that. So people wouldn't even like get on the ice with us. So they would, so we, we wouldn't have to show that I have no coaching skills.
1: Yeah, you just win, win by forfeit every time.
2: Yeah. yeah they'd be like, we can't do it. <laughs> Who's <laughs> scary?
1: Their uniforms are way too scary. It's covered in blood. What are they doing? The the fine decimal points though is pretty that's top notch. That, no, that that's be pretty good.
2: Yeah. yeah, that's evocative. People, you know, that you know that that's that
1: shows a, a knowledge of the sport. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is like that's the key with with, with hockey de- hockey team names, especially like minor league or like peewee, is you just throw an adjective in front of a noun and then you're good to right. go.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I played soccer growing up and all my little in my soccer team names were all there was either the Cobras because (laughs) everyone just called Cobras for some reason. I was on a team called the Ghostbusters. (laughs) That's (laughs) That's pretty amazing. And I was on a team (laughs) called the Vampires. So there you go. That's we weren't very creative as uh, eight year old soccer players.
0: I was just a blue devil my whole life, and here I could have mm. been a Ghostbuster.
2: Yeah, yeah. They let us name our own teams in this
1: in this little soccer, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> whatever that's, it was. Yeah. That's epic. <laughs> we there was only one time where it, in Wee Sports where we got to name our team, and I think it. I think it, it ended up being Timberwolves for some reason, oh, which nice. is like not a bad name, but you know when you're naming it yourself, I feel like that's a that's a bit of a cop out to go with Timberwolves. You know, could have yeah, been yeah, right. Could have been Blade rockets or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Seriously, I mean Nova Stars. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
2: it's like you're given too much rope. It's like it's like you can name it anything. So you have to like so you try to do it right. Well, you yeah. we have to name it like it sounds normal. Timberwolves. Yeah, yeah. Eight
0: so other teams called the Timberwolves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, and so you were a part. Uh, well, Terry was a part of the second best youth sports podcast in Southeast Minnesota, uh, which is a pretty big <laughs> deal. Um, and, and so, you know, with that kind of clout comes a lot of responsibility, but mm-hmm. I just wanted to, to, uh, you know, it, in, in thinking like of Terry's favorite moments, what do you think his would have been on the podcast as, as you and MJ are, are traveling through Minnesota?
2: I think when he starts cluing in like to what's going on in the game like I think there's a clicking moment in you know later in the season where he legitimately gets excited and I think that has to be like when I don't remember if it's they when they were going to finals or when they won that game I don't remember what but there's this moment where I was just cheering I did shots where I hugged Leah and we were like high-fiving like I think like that that was like that was you know his moment where he was like I get it they <laughs> score points and I like that. Like, I think that was probably his, his biggest moment right there where he and he felt like he connected to MJ, you know, like they were they, they finally had something to talk about.
1: Yeah. Get some nice father daughter bonding. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Leah and I would sit and she would, she would pitch season, um, ideas for the next season to me like she was very she was very generous and would always like make me the star (laughs) (laughs) which was so great she'd be like terry okay here's what happens i my character starts playing hockey and then terry starts running his own show and he does his own <laughs> podcast and then there's a spin-off show where it's just the Terry <laughs> show and he does his own show we're like yeah that's what they're gonna do and I love it and I really appreciate yeah.
1: it <laughs> me and Leah are probably kindred spirits there because there, there's a lot of times on the podcast where I'll be talking with Heath and I'll pitch, you know, spin-off and season ideas and right. 90% of the time they're centered around Winnie, <laughs> Winnie the, right. the snack bar girl. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like focused on her cuz she's she was my one of my favorite characters and yeah. I, I, We we came up with her Heath came up with this this conspiracy theory about Winnie that she is um like a, a descendant of uh, Han and Yan the the old guys from the the original trilogy.
0: Oh, okay, right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So uh, to give the
0: sage wisdom to Bombay. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, of so course that, that makes sense.
1: Yeah. That's our that's my spin-off show is is Winnie, Winnie being the the wise old man giving everybody hockey and life advice. <laughs>
2: yeah. It would probably do really well, you know.
1: <laughs> I I think so. I think so. <laughs>
2: I'm actually surprised that I wasn't cast as Mustard Guy, <laughs>
1: like the, oh, the Mustard Tim. Tim.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah, Mustard Tim. Like the- I, like those are the parts I go out
1: for. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, like, so I'm really I'm yeah. shocked that they wouldn't didn't hand well, me. Well, I think the Tim. the the de- the knock against you for Mustard Tim was that you didn't look enough like like Nick because the the guy yeah. they cast looked exactly like Nick, just 20 yeah. years older. <laughs> it's
2: so true. Yeah, yeah. They did a really good job of that. It's absolutely. Yeah. Right. yeah.
1: okay uh we can kind of shift away from from mighty ducks now i want to talk to you uh about some of your other projects you got going on um the the first one i want to bring up is is your your comedy duo pajama man that you've been Mm. doing for for years and the the main first question i have is where on earth did the idea for wearing pajamas on stage (laughs) come from
2: (laughs) yeah so that uh for your uh listeners i was part of a and it's still part of it, uh, a comedy duo um, called The Pajama Men, since like from my early 20s. Like we we uh, we grew up in Albuquerque. Um, his name is Shanoa. Shanoa and I did. And we basically like kind of out of high school, we created this duo and he wanted to do, we would just do sketchy kind of comedy and um, put it up at late night shows. And then he wanted a uniform, like a kind of to, to and he suggested, I remember he suggested like Skin tight like spandex, and I was way too self conscious. I was like, No, no. Yeah. And he, so he, I think it was him again, he was like, Well, what if we like put pajamas on? We were called Sabotage at the time, we weren't even called the pajama. And like, so we put these pajamas on, and then we just started being called like the pajama guys or whatever. So we eventually just like went with it and changed our name. <laughs> um, but uh, that was like, um, that like I took a major kind of career shift because we that was my big. Thing for years like we would we would tour the world and um um spent a lot of time out in the uh, uk lived in london for a long time and like we would we would uh, uh tour these these hour-long shows we would make we would perform like we kind of got on this cycle where we'd perform them in edinburgh and then the big festival there and then we would kind of from there go you know do other other uh, comedy um festivals and theater festivals and uh little runs at theaters and places all over the world and then it got to be like a lot of travel. <laughs> we we kind of took a break and that break is still going, but uh it was a uh, yeah, it was a big big part of my life.
1: Yeah. That's awesome that it's, it's hilarious that the pajamas started um, cuz I feel like to be called the to, to wear pajamas and not have that like in in the name in the theme at all is is pretty hilarious. Like
2: Yeah, it it was very uniform. It was, yeah. Yeah, it was it was kind of because we were all over the place we played a lot of different characters but we didn't want to wear costumes like because we wanted uh-huh. to travel really lightly and we wanted the imagination to kind of take over of the audience and then so then the audience would be like you're wearing pajamas because you are in a dream or you're wearing pajamas because you're in some sort of like you're in a hospital and you're trying to figure things you know they had all yeah. these like these little fan theories that would come up and would be like <laughs> yeah sure great you know what like it's fine and then it became like this this kind of big like like problem like not not a problem but like we we, we would gr- we grew to kind of resent the pajamas because we would okay, go and yeah. do these like little gigs yeah. places and we'd be like well we got to put on our freaking pajamas now <laughs> and like walk out and do our little dumb little jokes and like yeah. so we would get a little so we stopped wearing them and then uh we did this breakfast television show one day and we didn't bring our pajamas and the producers were like what are you doing not bringing your pajamas you're the pajama man what are you doing and there was this wrestler guy i don't remember from where i don't like he's probably famous but he was like this wrestler and he looked at us you guys guys never forget your gimmick don't forget your gimmick if i can tell you one thing don't forget your gimmick (laughs) we're like all right we won't forget our gimmick from now on we'll always bring our dumb pajamas (laughs) everywhere we go and uh we did it was was our curse but
1: it worked I could definitely see that because you know it's a it's a uniform at that point it becomes you know a work uniform you're like yeah you know it's like putting on like a a mcdonald's polo i don't want to wear this yeah
2: exactly (laughs) it really was and like you know we would have to iron them like before we got on stage a lot because they they wrinkle really easily we got a sponsorship for pajamas for a while we had these expensive (laughs) beautiful pajamas that we would wear that i would never have bought yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was this bl- this boutique in London where the 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 sponsor were like, "Why don't you come down to our showroom and just pick your pajamas?" We were like, "We've made it. <laughs> like we have.
1: This is it's a pinnacle, a, boot, a boot tailored? tailored of just pajamas. Yeah, like, was, are they tailored? A,
2: they were not tailored. We actually oh, tried but... to get tailored ones, and it became way more confusing than we, we were like, "Never mind, never mind. <laughs> we don't stop it," because pajamas are cut to fit bad. Like yeah. they're, they're, so we were trying to get them, we looked into like getting them cut to fit good <laughs> and were like, we don't, that doesn't happen. They're pajamas. They're supposed to be terrible. <laughs> and so, but we were just like stuck with looking bad all the time. Uh, but yeah, no, it was it was a, uh, a place called Bonsoir London. They do like nightwear and, and pajamas okay. and then, yeah, I don't, yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe they do more, but they were very, they were very kind to us.
0: Mark, I have to ask since you spent so much time in London, just because uh, my my partner Kelly uh, here in the other room has gotten me super into it. um, Did you ever get into Love Island from the UK? Oh,
2: what's Love? That sounds great. Is that that where they drop people on an island and they're
0: naked? Close? Oh, okay, right. <laughs> no, they 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 take a whole bunch of well now it's just Instagram influencers basically mm. and mm. they put them in a house with bikinis and throw all kinds of curveballs at them and they try nice. to, you know, they try to couple up and um you know they're they're kind of going through and then they'll like bring in exes like this team just coupled up so then they'll bring in his ex girlfriend to the oh, island no. and start yeah throwing in all the right, all the right. chaos and, and so it's like if the real world met a dating show, and then they like smoke crack together. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah that is right. like what how the best way to describe Love Island, yeah, I guess. I've right. I've definitely
2: now. heard of it. I'm gonna check it out for sure. Then. I mean, yeah,
0: you know, you just you just don't know who you might crack on with during the show. It just it, no, it's I, I yeah, just had to yeah. ask because it's just like the worst kind of reality television. But once you start watching, you're just like, oh, shit. Okay, I I mean.
2: that stuff <laughs> is insidious. It really does. It pulls you in like kicking and screaming. And then you're just like, well, 40 episodes. Yeah. OK, let's do this. Yeah. I can do this. <laughs> they
0: yeah. come out daily. OK, cool. <laughs>
2: yeah, I once yeah. did. I was a guest on a Survivor fan podcast, and I had never watched the show, but that was their thing. they were like, it's OK. You just have okay. to watch this one episode and then give us your thoughts <laughs> like and I watched it. I was like, oh, this is great. I had Campbell believe- and it's like Survivor. I don't know if it's still going. This is like two years ago, but it was like a show still. Like, I didn't even know it. Like, I didn't know that it
1: was still a thing. I yeah, think Washington. it's still going. It's it's still Is kicking it? for sure. Oh yeah, oh, wow. yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love Island UK though. That I was yeah. I was not prepared for that. Um, yeah, well, that those, was a
0: sidebar question. Well, the, Sorry. Those
1: <laughs> the, you're right though. Those UK, especially for me, the UK like reality shows like sucker me in because I'm a uh, like just the the, the god awful like like the Cockney accents and like the the Geordie Shore accents. I, yeah, I just yeah. love listening to people talk in those accents. Oh, yeah. so I get sucked yeah. in real quick. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Very i have a nice friend person. from the uk and so i, I pay very close attention to he, <laughs> he he identifies the different dialects and like where All they're right. from. he's like it's like oh this guy's west country and yeah. so he's a farm boy you know yeah. <laughs> like it's 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 yeah. it's incredible
2: it's the amount of accents that country is not big and you drive yeah. like four miles and you're like you sound so different <laughs> like how did that happen yeah i mean it happened through like tons of history there but it's it's yeah it's incredible
0: I cool and so I, I didn't mean to sidebar us i'm so sorry about that but let me let me kind of dig back in here um so i as we were kind of like uh you know do it doing just a little bit of research we came across camp bonkers which is just mm. such a really cool concept especially during covid right right um and so just if you wouldn't mind could you just kind of run down a quick high level for our listeners and and just like what it is and and like what it entails
2: yeah yeah it it was uh it was a really. I had worked for this. I had done a little test for this company where they were. They were like, before the pandemic, they're like, "Can you come in and draw pictures and um, voice this cat?" And I was like, "Yeah." They were like, because they were. They were just. They just wanted me to like try some things out. I think they were just kind of doing some in-house stuff. And uh, I did that. I kind of forgot about it. And then the pandemic hit, and they uh, the company, Wind Sun Sky, uh, called me and they were like, "We want to give you a." show <laughs> essentially uh where you do it all in your apartment and um uh we'll just what do you think and i was like what a 100 yes <laughs> b what and they uh so how it worked and i at the time i've since moved but in um i lived in the west end in vancouver which is a very densely populated neighborhood right next to downtown and it's like the most densely populated neighborhood in canada it's like buildings on buildings, you know, and my, uh, my partner and I, my wife and I live in a, in an, a, like a studio apartment, like, so it's just a room and a kitchen and a closet. And I would twice a week, pull out a green screen and put a whole bunch of lights up and then record myself and then basically improvise a, a little like host a little show. They would give, they would have videos they'd want me to throw to, and I would just do this this little like I played a character named Arlo that I just made up. He's this British guy speaking of UK. He's like, Hello, I'm Arlo Nose Whistle. Welcome. Uh, so happy to be here. Now, what we got? What do we have on tap today? And I would just like make up this thing. And then I started playing a whole bunch of other characters. We had just had this brother who was the producer, who was kind of like you know, he was always like put upon and kind of mad. He was like super busy. That was his catchphrase. His name was Jacob, and he'd be like, I'm busy, Arlo, I'm busy, come on, go back to work. And then his dad would come on and his, his dad was always just proud of Arlo. And that was his catchphrase. We'd be like, I am so proud of you for doing your show. <laughs> it was all Just, just this like fantasy job. That was very dumb. And they would just let me kind of take it anywhere. There was a whole, um, storyline where Arlo has an announcer that would announce him on named Bernard. And Arlo was the, he was the AV club president. So that's why he got to have a show. But the announcer decided to run for A V club president and usurp Arlo's job. And the announcer would be like, I'm Bernard, vote for me. A V club like so there's this whole world that we that we just kind of like ended up building. Um, and it was all because of the pandemic. They they were just trying to find something to do, like while like I don't really know what the whole business model was, but it would just go up on YouTube. And I think they're I think unfortunately, I think they're all down right now. I think they're kind of like trying to figure out, you know, what's happening next. But um i got a nomination for it which was wild it was it was it's a bc you know here in canada an acting um nomination for an award and it which is very strange to be to be uh nominated for this type of thing so i was very like very pleased i was like you know it's great didn't win but that's fine it's yeah. all about being nominated. Yeah. The person who won, I'm sure deserved it. And I wish them nothing but happiness and fun with their cool statue. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Listen, you know, they can they can keep that award. You got a golden cakey. I got a golden cakey. Way, yeah. Mark. I mean, I don't, exactly. I don't, know. I, I don't exactly. even know what the Oscars are anymore. These yeah. Days. yeah. <laughs> and I'm going
2: to be getting that in the mail because you sent it to me, right? Because you got my yes. address. And so I yes. can't any, wait to get any that. Any moment now. <laughs> can't wait.
1: <laughs> uh and so uh a, a couple other things i wanted to, to talk to you about um because you mentioned the, your your big uh podcast guy and you, specifically what i wanted to bring up is uh this sounds serious which is mm. uh the the podcast um that you're a part of and that's like a correct me if i'm wrong but it's like a a comedy take on tr- true crime right
2: yeah so it is um there's three seasons mm. um and they're all follow different storylines and there are yeah it's a mockumentary you know gotcha. it's fake fake true crime um when the first season went out though they there were and like it's plain they're not trying to punk anyone it, this yeah. is you know this is a comedy show yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it there was a lot of feedback of like this is such a wild story i can't believe it really happened <laughs> like no it did this is a it's a comedy you know um but it's it's done in a really uh uh i mean if i do say so myself i it's it's very nicely done i i act in all three seasons and i wrote i co-wrote the second season um, okay. of it, and they, yeah. they can all be found um wherever you find your podcast it's just this mm-hmm. sounds serious uh and i really recommend it it's like it's it's a lot of great people in it um um amy who plays one of the moms is in it like it, there's okay. there's that's... a there's a yeah that's a it's a really it's a real who's who of Vancouver acting uh, and comedy, which is nice. Um, yeah. yeah, recommend.
1: Nice. yeah, I, I listened to a couple episodes um, on, on YouTube and yeah, it's, it's crazy good. And like you said, when I was like looking at some of the comments uh, for the YouTube thing and like every other one's like, oh, my God, this is I can't believe this is real. And then like right. people f- like freaking out, getting mad when they realize that it's not real,
2: <laughs> Yeah, which I would totally get. Like if I went into something thinking it was real and then it was like, no, this is all like it changes the the dynamic, you know, yeah. it, it, it turns into a big lie and it's not that's never that was never the uh, idea, you know? Yeah. <laughs> It's just done so sincerely that I think you know there's there's not really a wink in it. You know, it, it's just kind of like,
1: yeah. yeah. I um, think that speaks to the, yeah the the yeah. great production value of it. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you're you're unintentionally fooling people a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: That's yeah. how you know it landed. It is. Right. It's so convincing that people are now walking out there like, you guys got to hear this. This is. Yeah. This. <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't know what happened.
2: <laughs> what, exactly. where this took place
0: at? Like, probably Iowa. No,
2: yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. <laughs>
0: nebraska no, don't, mm. don't say that <laughs> <laughs> we only sping, speak kind things about the huskers no, this absolutely no uh, yes.
1: i don't know this. there's not a lot of kind things to say though peace you know that list runs pretty short
0: <laughs> we'll get into this later brandon
1: um <laughs> The another thing I wanted to, to bring up as well is uh the the Sunday service, the, the, the mm. improv group you do and and especially since because with, with COVID and everything, um you guys have been doing that over Zoom for, for a while now. How and I I, I, I went on a, a real deep dive of, of the Sunday service. Oh nice. Um, yeah. Um so I've watched it uh tons of times. It's hilarious. Highly recommend it to all the listeners. It's fantastic. Um, but I wanna like how do you how do you even go about tra- like transitioning from like stage to zoom on like improv? Like, yeah, that seems like such a, such a tall task.
2: Oh gosh. It was uh, so, yeah. So we are an improv group. It's been around. I haven't been a part of it for this long, but it's been around for 15 years. Um, okay. and it's, uh, a, uh, a show that we do every Sunday at a venue here called the Fox that, um, nine uh, o'clock at night. You know fill it up do a fun two half two half you know do a 45 minutes take a little intermission maybe have a stand-up comedian then do another little shorter second half and that was that um and then uh covet happened we're like all right we've never missed a show in 15 years so we not you know we're not starting now so let's figure this out and it was so hard. And so it felt so bad at first. I mean, it, and in a way it always kind of does like, you, like improv is about, you know, the audience is definitely like a third or a second character. You, know, yeah. you need, you need the feedback and you, you definitely want, um, uh, you know, you want laughter just, you know, the most basic of things, but there's this other thing that happens where, you know, you kind of follow your nose and you follow the audience when you're making, when you get on runs of jokes or you do a little like things that'll hit, then you, you kind of know what to do you kind of know what to follow and then we so we end up doing this kind of like what they call in comedy like kind of the back of the room jokes which is like you have all the comedians in the background you're making them laugh and you're not making the audience laugh That's good in a way because you're making com- you know jaded comedians like they're like that's funny you know so you're kind of but what you end up doing is like it just it just gets kind of insular like so you know it, you're not really so there's that that kind of danger would kind of crop up but I think we figured out a little bit how to do it. Like we, we decided to leave our mics on when we weren't on when we weren't doing a scene, so we could at least hear each other, kind of res- like laughing and responding. Mm-hmm. Um, but it felt so awful the first month or two. Like we would get there, we would do the show into the void, and be like okay we improvised over zoom <laughs> bye like you know we finished we're like, that that's that see you later you know and we're not doing what we're doing right now which is you know we're on zoom but we're like we're having a conversation or you know like yeah. we're like creating a world and you know yeah and some of it just, just it just falls apart because we're just we can see each other's kitchens you know yeah. <laughs> like it's like, it, there's, so, um, the key i think was like we just kind of had to realize that it's a different thing like we're doing a different show like it's not the live thing on stage like we just kind of and so we just kind of found the rhythm in that and just kind of found out that but it's it's a lot of fun i really appreciate you watching it and kind of shouting it out because it's uh it's uh it's the most consistent thing in my life and i love it and i love all the people
1: that, that that i do it with so yeah
2: check it out sunday service
1: yeah it's fantastic and i feel like with with, with improv i feel like it, it's it's one of those things where like i, I kind of liken it to like golf in a way to oh, where please. what's
2: let's hear this <laughs> i can't wait to where it's
1: it's one of those things that's like so incredibly hard to do but the people that are really good at it make it look so goddamn easy <laughs> that like everybody thinks they can do it you know like I, i'll sit down and i'll watch golf on like sunday and i'm like i could make that fucking shot i could do that easy and then i go out on the golf course and it's in the water every time and so i i, I can't I, I bet you get just so many people you know uh i i bet it's one of those those art forms where people just come up and they you know they they think they can they can just hop in and do it and they they don't understand like the the discipline and stuff that goes into it
2: yeah i mean it is like but it also is easy and i and i'm not being I'm not, I'm not really being facetious like like the thing about it is that so there's like stand-up sketch and improv those are the three horsemen of live comedy and those are the descending order of difficulty <laughs> stand up you are it, alone and it you are so alone i've done stand-up a little bit and it is so hard like it like you just have nowhere to go like you're and people are good at stand-up like good stand-up comedians are great like sketch you are saying we got together and we decided that this was funny and now we're going to present it to you so if it's not we clearly thought it was and now we're wrong and so you're just kind of like well and then especially if it starts bad you're like well this is gonna not go um and then improv you always have this little like thing of like yeah we're just making it up so so you know forgive us and you you just have that little bit of uh of leeway or a lot of leeway um but the but to your point yeah it's freaking hard too <laughs> it, is, it is a hard thing and there's days where like you know we'll go like i'll do a show and you know maybe it'll be a good show but i just wasn't on and it just feels so bad you know like you're like thankful that like people enjoyed themselves and they you know and like your you know little scene partners were doing good and whatever but it's like well ugh you know maybe i'm just not a funny person i guess i should just quit i'm going to quit you know <laughs> and then you quit and then you start back the next week and you're fine like it it uh but and it it also because of the perceived kind of um easiness like which i think is a good thing cuz i think it attracts like all walks of life to kind of try it um mm-hmm. so and then classes are really fun because suddenly you're doing classes and you're kind of just basically doing improv with people in a real safe environment and you're what you're doing in an improv class is you're just like pretending like you all are just like want to go pretend like yeah let's go <laughs> so you just and it, so it's very childlike and i and I, I love that about it and you know you can you know everyone kind of has permission just to kind of be silly and that's nice but yeah once you get on stage and you're up there pretending with your friends it's a different ball game uh, yeah but <laughs> You know, you got, you got to try
0: <laughs> you got to figure it out. <laughs> I love that. Um, so Mark, we've, we've got just a little bit of time left. So I do want to switch gears just a little bit one more time um, in more into the parenting sector. Um, you hmm. play a parent on TV, new parent in real life. Um, and so my question is for you is, do you happen to have a favorite dad joke or dadism? Uh, my personal favorite is it's not the heat. It's the humidity that gets you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it's a dry heat, is a was a very uh good thing to say. I grew up in New Mexico and that was always like, well, it's a dry heat. You know, you get in the shade and you're fine. It's like, oh yeah, it's true. I uh had a baby and immediately started barbecuing. We have a barbecue, never did it in my life, and like now, or just like I'm like, well, we can just put it on the barbecue. <laughs> it's so weird. It just happened. Um I uh one of my favorite jokes is kind of a dad joke maybe like there so there was a snail uh it rained really hard and this guy opens the door and there's a snail on a sidewalk and he like picks up the snail and he throws it out of his way and you know he kind of carries on with his day and then a year later he gets a knock on the door and he opens it up and it's a snail and the snail says what the hell was that all about (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) i love that joke and it's pretty you know it's a dad joke um (laughs) in the sunday service speaking of which they would they got on this run this before like i knew i was going to have a kid but they did it. the audience chat started calling me daddy and mad daddy and like and like don't put like this weird daddy thing happened i guess i have this like dad energy like it all just happened i don't know yeah, yeah. P- people can tell you know <laughs> it must, i think you just yeah it just just starts dripping out of your face you <laughs> were starting to glow yeah yeah, yeah you were
0: basking so much in that pregnancy glow. it just yeah. it just cast upon you.
1: that's you know what? I'll
2: take it. That's what it is. I was glowing
1: <laughs> along those same lines, so we uh, kind of have a recurring segment, I guess I'll call it in the podcast, where I uh, dissect the the parenting skills of the <laughs> the parents in the TV show mm. uh, from my zero experience, m- mind you um Mm -hmm. and so in in that vein i was wondering since uh either you um since you're a newborn or a new father or Mm -hmm. terry with mj if you had uh any advice that you would like to ask from me um for parents oh you know
2: yes yes so okay this is great so right now my child is really gassy dealing with a lot of gas and it's painful for him and this is kind of a normal thing for Mm -hmm. newborns it's like they stay they start, they, he, he gets really cranky. It hurts him. I think there's a lot of pain involved and he farts a lot, you know, and he's yeah. kind of like, kind of once he does that, he feels a lot better. So my question to you is what is your methods to soothe and relieve a two month old baby?
1: So to relieve gas, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll give you the, the advice that I use with, um, not, to, not to be crass, but I use with my dog here. Okay. Um, <laughs> Yep. So I find that um, a little rice a diet of rice helps and and to boiled
0: chicken. It,
1: well, I, I don't boiling chicken is like such a such a an effort that I, I don't I don't go to those links. It's just some rice. That's an effort. Yeah. Boiling. boiling rice. Yeah. Uh, but also I've noticed the the sweets, the sweets are what do it for him. So like mm. I, I, I got to cut out the peanut butter. I don't know how much peanut butter you're feeding your two month old, but I would right. cut it out on that. That's probably what's right. contributing to it
2: yeah yeah that's really helpful so yeah so i'll start feeding him rice he's never had a food in his life but i will start feeding him rice and i'll stop giving him peanut butter that's very helpful gotta cut out the peanut butter wow these are real hacks i really appreciate it
0: two months old are excellent at chewing through rice that's a a known fact yeah yeah
2: yeah yeah. Yeah, they can they can clown through a whole container of rice just
1: like in no time yeah uh well yeah we're coming up uh to the time here mark we don't want to hold you any any longer um before we let you go though um if you have uh any upcoming projects um or uh throughout your socials if you want to get some followers just let, let the audience know where they can they can find you and they can connect with you
2: yeah so i'm um i'm the mark chavez on instagram and you can get a post from me once every six months uh, a little update i do yeah <laughs> I'm the same on Twitter, uh, even rarer for me um, to post on Twitter, uh, but um, uh, in all seriousness, I mean, those are real, but um, yeah, just the Sunday service, watch the Sunday service. It's on, we're, we're continuing through the next few weeks at least um, uh, until we start to go live again, uh, So, and those can be on YouTube, and they're all of the shows are on YouTube right now. There's mm-hmm. like a, a yeah. year and a half worth or a year and some month's worth of shows right mm-hmm. there. And, That's where yeah, I did right. my deep dive. Nice. We have, we have fun guests on our show too. Um, So there's like, I don't know if there's any Paul F. Tompkins fans, but he's on every so often and he's a big draw fun to have him. And so just check that out. Sunday service
1: improv. If you just Google that or YouTube that you'll find it. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining the, joining us, Mark. We really appreciate it. I really, uh, I really had a
2: great time. Thanks so much for having me. And extra thanks for the uh, golden cakey.
0: Yes, you got it. I can't well, wait. Well deserved, deserve, well deserved. Thank
2: you so much. <laughs>
0: yeah. You put in the time, you put in the effort, you get rewarded for it. That's what happens here on the Cake Eaters <laughs> Podcast mark.
2: Yeah. All right, I'll take it.
0: Thanks for listening, everyone. Please remember to follow and like us on Instagram at The Cake Eaters Pod, on Twitter at The Cake Eaters. Also reach out to us via email, thecakeeaterspod@gmail.com, at gmail.com or visit our website, thecakeeaterspod.com.